Hello, and welcome to the introduction of Dave Talk Some More. Today, we've lined up a great introduction to the show. It's on right now, in fact. Hope you're enjoying it. Well, if you like this introduction, why not go ahead and listen to the show itself? It starts in just a few seconds now. Hello again, Far Out. Thank you for joining us. I'm already regretting that introduction. I'm going to have to uh, come up with something. It's like listening to the same joke four times in a row. I just I can't stand it anymore. Um, so I'm going to have to come up with a new joke. I'm joined uh, again by the uh, former branch manager of the uh, Yazoo City Family Dollar Store. We, we shouldn't be... Uh repeating things over and over like intros and you have nothing better to do than come over here on uh it is it is finally sunday it, it is sunday afternoon like at uh what five o'clock in the afternoon which is uh this is the beginning of my weekend because i've had to work uh saturday and it's already been at the office for a while so my weekend is now beginning i'm looking forward to a really exciting weekend how was yours well it was it was fine, but on on that note, it was it's a lot better than when I was a retail store manager. See, now you 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 talk about that it's Friday, well Friday, but it's really Sunday. But try being a retail manager this time of year. What's that like? Oh, it's the seventh layer of hell. I mean, it's you lose, and I'm sure there are thousands and thousands of retail managers out there listening to this right now. Sure. They're pro- probably piping it in. Probably at piping, least six. Yeah, pro- probably six. piping it in over the store loudspeakers. Uh, you know, as motivational content for I mean, uh, for the employees. This this definitely spurs sales, I'm sure. But um, no, I mean, not only Family Dollar, but uh, um, what's it called? Jitney Jungle. We left that out of the the, the resume. As Jitney Wait, Jungle what? Manager in Yazoo. Um, no, Clinton and the fortification stored the uh, um, the wealthy. What number fourteen? That J- was you, Jitney number fourteen. Until I got armed robbed up there. That's a whole nother. That's probably another podcast. Like for real, armed robbed. Like, like for real, gun armed, in your face deal. Like to the to my temple. Give me your money, or you're gonna die. I oh, you got to tell that story. Uh, Come sir, on. Well, here I'm. I survived. Uh, no, it was uh, no either which way. That was that was during the holiday seasons, right there. Um, holiday seasons, and of course, ice storms. So, so what is what is it about the holidays that makes the family dollar the the jump in place? I understand you've got to get you know the the toys for the kids, and I and I've I've given Bonnie the lowdown on what it's like when you don't have money and you're buying toys for the kids. So, you know, you don't go to the Toys R Us, you know, you're not going to the nice toy stores, you know, you, you're going to the Dollar General, the Family Dollar, you're getting like the, you don't get a kid a cell phone, you get them a plastic version of a cell phone so that something the kid can use his imagination <laughs> and pretend to be playing with a cell phone or a cash register or a vacuum cleaner. What I mean, it's just, once you have some money put together, Going to the toy aisle at the Dollar General is like the saddest thing in the world. 
Well, it's not even the aisle. If you'll start noticing, once the, the leaves start changing, you know, September or whatever, all the tops of all the shelves, like in a family dollar, they start putting toys up there. You just won't, you'll know. Oh, uh, really? If you just start all the way, I mean, it could be anywhere in there, the tops. And that's just to get it stocked up for the Christmas time oh, okay. because it, at, at that point, it's just, it's, uh, Every every man for themselves, or every you know. And so you 30. you just have hordes of people in the family. Oh yeah, they're pulling whatever down. I don't care. It's a toy. There it is. And and there won't be a toy left. I mean, it's 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 rough. I mean, um, yeah. <sighs> mm. Just, uh, we, I'm having flashbacks. Well, bad news. You know, we we were talking a little while ago about getting more cameras set up in here, and I'm thinking, God, I, I wish we'd had a close mm. up of you flashing back to what it was like at the Family Dollar Store. The pain. The, well, you, yeah, you I know, mean, it, you it, could see it. Well, it just sounds like all all you do is worry about shoplifting and worry about keeping product on the shelf and worry about people just pulling stuff out and, and dumping it in the aisle and, you know, all for the, the low, low salary of, what do you make, seventy five, eighty thousand dollars 80000 Oh, I made $32,000 yeah. a year. Oh, yeah. I, and uh, 30, <laughs> it, it, was a way, it was a ways back, but it was a solid 32, 32.5. Um. So was that your first like real paying gig? Oh boy, no, no. My first real paying gig was a, a forklift supervisor. Oh God, yeah. This is you're you're the onion. Yeah. Every time I pull the layers uh, back, right? It's another. Okay, tell me the forklift okay. supervisor story. Well, the, all right. Here we go. All right, so I had uh, failed out of of Mississippi State University. There's no shame there. That is the Harvard of the South. It is difficult. And I failed out. Okay. And um, and I moved down um, to the Clinton-ish area and lived in a little old duplex house off of Capitol Street. Okay. Um, yeah, a, a description this of that. Sound, this sounds like it's, humble beginnings. It, 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 oh, it is. And I, I was moving up, so that was what's scary, but... In any event, and let, let me ask you this. Let me bust in with this question, or else I'll forget it. Of all the places that you could live, you're in Starkville. You don't make a go of it. There's a whole lot of Mississippi. What was it about Clinton that that made you say, "This is where I'm planting my flag"? Okay, my uh, my former wife. Oh boy! Well, oh, here we go. And do I have to pay you hundred and fifty dollars an hour for I, this therapy session, or is this free? Well, I, I might. I mean, be, I might be paying you for that, for original content. Uh, well, it's original, all right. By God, I wouldn't recognize duplicating it, but I mean, recommend, wouldn't recommend. Yeah, told you, big lunch. Um. <laughs> Where was I? Yeah, my. So anyway, you're in. I shouldn't have interrupted. Yeah, former, but no, that. So it, why, why Clinton of all it, places? It was relevant. The thought was was potentially to um, finish my college at MC, but okay, uh, that makes that makes. But that that's a didn't that, happen. Yeah, that's a know. rational reason to be. It was somewhat Clinton. rational, and then there was this cheap place to stay, and then I I was stocking. I was uh, a night stalker. 
at the Jitney Jungle in Clinton. Okay. Making like, you know, minimum wage, that mm. kind of stuff. And somebody um, told me that they were hiring at the Jitney Jungle Warehouse downtown in Bowling Street. Yeah. And that you could make up to $12 an hour. Hey. I said, where is this place? This magical place. Was magic, and I literally walked down there. But you had, it was a little trick to the $12. You started at like nine, but if you were really fast as an order selector, you know, loading the, the, the trucks to, 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 to Jitney, you know, making pallets, wrapping them up. You're like the yeah. old the old school Amazon stock selector. Right, yeah. but I mean, yeah, it was hard work. I mean, you loading up those uh, grocery pallets and the like, and they had just bought like Dell Champs or something. They were really behind. I don't know. This is kind of this is twenty years ago. I don't know if y'all even y'all are so young, but um, <clears throat> but any event, so I, I, I went down there the next morning. I walked in the. I, I mean, I just walked in this huge warehouse on Bowling Street, and I said, "Who?" Who runs this thing? And I said his name, and I just there was this little office right in the middle of the warehouse. I walked in there, and I said, "Is so and so here?" I leave his name out of it, but and the lady said, "Do you have an appointment?" And I saw him peek out, and I said, "You know, can I have a minute with you?" And he's and I walked in there. I said, "I need a job." He said, "Well, the HR department you passed on the way mm-hmm. in when you drove in." I said, "Yeah, I just." I just need a job. I'll be the fastest order selector you have here in 30 days if you hire me. I said, all right, son. And he just walked me out there, gave me a job. In 30 days, I was the fastest order selector uh, in the warehouse. I didn't take lunches or breaks for the first 30 days. That would increase your time, you know. Yeah. And he gave he gave me a, a a promotion to like a lead man in thirty days, and I was the I was the man I was the night shift, uh, forklift um, supervisor in about four months. I wish I had known at that point how to drive a forklift. That was a flaw. That's so, but I would practice when nobody. <laughs> when I was off shift, I'd drive a forklift because I hadn't been there long enough to really so how many shins uh, how many shins of innocent uh, people did you I didn't, break well you don't break the I, I saw a forklift driver put put uh, one of the prongs right through the upper thigh of a fella pin him in mm. there and it was the worst thing I've probably ever seen because you can't pull it out <laughs> if you pull it out he bleeds out you have to wait till the paramedics get there and the pressure and he's just in shock <laughs> that's almost as bad as Christmas. At the family dollar. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, it's Think, a close call. Things you wish could be happening to you right now right, instead of right. being at the family dollar. And, and so that's how I got into the Jitney business is I got into the warehouse uh, business, and I did that for a year or two until they were going out of business. And then they said, do well, you want to do manage a grocery store? I said, well, I've never even been in – I've never even operated a till at a, a grocery store. So when I went to Jitney 14, I'd never even operated a – uh, of cash register before, but I figured it out and did that for a while, and that was good. They were so desperate for management. They really were skilled. That and I like to think I was so incredibly talented, just uniquely so, um, like from birth. How old were you? That uh, I was in my I was twenty five, twenty six, and managing a grocery store in on fort, off of fortification. On fortification, Street. yeah, that was a, uh, and then that's what you know I. I 
that's what kind of got me out of the family dollar said I, the thing is I said I'm not, I mean the uh, the jitney thing is I said well when I got robbed I mean I would happen to be putting money in the safe mm. during closing time and uh, two men came up walked in the door it was straight out of central casting it really was yeah. sawed off shotgun nickel plated 45 remember it to this day dude dude climbed the uh well it said freeze and everybody froze in that place except for one person and that is the middle-aged female security guard from Wacken hut who in slow motion ran across the front screaming waving her arms all the way to the back of the store. You could hear. It was quiet as a you could hear a pin drop. Yeah, you know, to, to make all the way to the back. She was she was guarding the exit. Oh, no, uh, the, the the finals looping back around was all lower and he jumped up. I happened to be right there at the safe, puts the gun to my head. And the problem is there's two keys that you need to open the oh, main God. part with the money. I have one. And the armored truck carriers got the other problem. I, I didn't, and I told him I couldn't. So, and so about the third time he asked, he put the gun to my head. He said, "Open it." And I was like, "My last words are finna be curse words." Yeah, because I said I don't leap in half. Yeah, the key, and then he jumped off and left. And then when the whole thing was over, I had to go find that security guard who had. She had run all the way back to the the cooler where the cabbage and lettuce and stuff was and hid behind a big bag of cabbage. And I had to call an ambulance to remove her from the the produce section. Yeah, but they didn't get away with the cabbage. Yeah, they didn't she, get away with she, the cabbage. Yeah. She, she, kept that, she kept all the Jitney produce they safe. You know, salads were so not to be disturbed. Was did they ever get caught? Was there ever no, any no, consequences no, it was, to it? it? No, no, no. Other than I, you quitting? I, well, I said, I'm going to tell you, if y'all don't let me carry up here, I'm not interested in just being at the mercy of other folks, and they would not. And I said, well, I'm not interested in managing this store anymore. So, Well, so, yeah, but, I mean, they don't want you trading fire with uh, – Right. You know, just getting into a gunfight at the front of the Jitney. I'd you know, rather just give them the money and that's it. Well, I would, I would have given them the money, but, you know, at the point where exchanging fire might be beneficial to me, I would like to have that option as opposed to just living or dying that night totally is in the hands of some. So, yeah. Exactly. So, so were you not ca- interested? Were, were you carrying at the uh, at the family do- at the every, family I had a three fifty every day in my belt. Yes, I've pulled it a couple times. Uh-uh. I had somebody waiting in the back storage area back there for me to rob me. Who om- who almost did not live another day to do it? But yeah, I, I mean, I I, I absolutely. Uh, and uh, let's see, how many years has that been? I don't know. I'm just making sure they can't come back at me at this point. I don't know that I was supposed to, but I did. Nobody checked on me. Well, yeah, because I mean, yeah, you know. good that you're doing that calculation because I'm also sitting here thinking, I wonder if you can say, what kind of money do family dollars make? Because, gosh, everything's a dollar. Um, I mean, not anymore. Well, but, Dollar Tree is. Or but, Dollar Tree. No, it's it's funny. I mean, that's they, were, they, have a, they have a really good business model. I mean, if you think about Dollar, there's a reason why Dollar Generals and Dollar – uh, 
dollar stores in general. I mean, they thrive. The, the worse the economy is, the better their business model uh, actually is. So, and they do fine in, in, in good times. As well, well, I mean, what what I have noticed in the last ten or fifteen years is, you know, the Dollar General types stores, they become uh, kind of the Walmart for communities that are too small to have WalMarts. Well, that's the Dollar General model for yeah. sure, for sure. I mean, you they they'll carve out a half acre stretch of pine trees and outside of Lena. Yeah. And <laughs> really? And and the, right. and that's and that's your closest grocery store. That's For your sure. closest uh everything. And yeah, they gotta make a mint, you would uh, they really they that the family dollars do and they, they're very stable as far as their output uh or like their overhead. I mean you, you got a manager who's on salary. Mm-hmm. 32,500. 32, yeah. And I got a certain amount of hours I can use per week, period. So, I mean, the labor cost weekly and monthly, I mean, it's static. I mean, it is what it is. You you, And if you don't have enough manpower to cover it, that's where your salary That'll comes be you. in. That that will be you running the register for those six um, hours. Um, but, um, yeah, that's where uh, the family dollar in Yazoo is where I uh, I used to drink coffee with this guy across the street. Um, his all it's the Department of Education, uh, Mr. Smith. Actually, mm-hmm. is his name. I think he's still alive, living in Denver, but very old man at this point. But it, it's he had his ladies that would work across the front, um, and it, you know had desks, and I'd go over there and drink some coffee at like six in the morning, you know, and. Uh, Usually laugh with the girls when they came in because they'd always they would always uh, open their blinds because they said it was like watching cops. <laughs> yeah, I was like I told you about the headlocks. I mean, kind of like, I mean, they, 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 it was just entertainment for them um, uh, because that was kind of the deal. I got that job when I was to, to clean it up. I mean, it, it was yeah. it was all walking away, and I was young, and I was probably twenty seven at that time, twenty six. And I was talking to him about how I'd failed out of Mississippi State and how I'd, you know, education or whatever. And he said, you really, you really ought to go back to school. And uh, I said, Mr. Smith, I'm, I'm going to be 30 years old by the time I get out of school. Right. And he looked at me and he said, partner, you're going to be 30 years old one way or the other. Ah, great line. I said, huh. And the next week I drove back up to Mississippi State and Got back into school. Was it one? Was state one of those deals where you just weren't a serious student, or you had too much going on? I wasn't a serious partying student. too hard. Yeah, all the above. Those seven and a half years that I with my first go around at Mississippi State to get to my sophomore year, um, and that's that's actually that's actually accurate. Um, you you, you cram seven, you cram four years of education and seven and a half years of enrollment. No, I mean I, two. I was a sophomore. Okay. Uh, when I went back to school, and I literally did do seven years to do to get to be a sophomore, and then failed out with like uh, the problem was getting back. It was a one point. I had a one point eight seven or something GPA. Okay. And you couldn't actually get re-enrolled without a two. Two. Yeah. All right. So I had to get a retroactive withdrawal. To get oh, back, oh, to pull out of a class to delete whole, your F to get your number. A whole semester, two. my very last semester, and that's a whole another story for another podcast. Probably it's, it's a, a miraculous one. Actually, 
I actually told all this story on a Yazoo County radio uh, station once when I was running for Family Dollar. Um, (laughs) 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 That's an inside joke, guys. Um, But... um, So, yeah, either which way, it was very interesting how I I got my last semester withdrawn. It was a a one-in-a-million shot because it's hard to get a retroactive withdrawal. Mm. But I did, and then I commuted for the next two years. This is this the 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 name of this should just fall under the get your education, children. But I mean, I commuted from Bentonia to Starkville for the next couple years. That's a five-hour commute. I'd get up, I, yeah, I'd I drive two and a half hours. I was trying to do the math and thinking, drive, how do you do that? And then I'd stock shelves at that same uh, Jitney Jungle in Clinton that I used to manage. Ten bucks an hour. And I had... Uh, I did this for how long? A couple years. A couple years till I got my undergrad. And then went to... Where'd you go to law school? MC. Because I was, I was down and lived in Yazoo. I already mm-hmm. had a house and everything. But uh, went to Mississippi College, School of Law. Well, there it is. And never looked back. Oh, I've looked back a lot. In, <laughs> it, in this podcast, unfortunately, yeah, quite well, some bit. Thank you. Thank you, David. Well, I, I'll, I, I'll, I, I'll change yeah. the subject, oh, but, but I, I have to say I, I don't have any any stories like that i do remember um having my one and only off uh office that i ever had in jackson had a giant plate glass window and just happened to look out over a park oh maybe three blocks from the state capitol four blocks from the state capitol and it was great you know because i just i just sit there and be talking to a client or whatever and looking, looking out through the window, across the street, into the park, watching the drug deals go down, um, you know, and then long about the time it started getting dark, you know, some other nefarious uh, criminality would take place. And you'd be sitting there just just watching the whole parade of life go by. Not Now, if there had been a dollar store, that really would have made made my day. I just sat there watching, like I'm watching – YouTube live or it's something. quite the magnet. For, it sounds like it would be, but uh, well, if 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 it ever happens that we go that our office goes from renting to building an office building, I'm going to look for a Dollar General. You know what the a lot across a Dollar General. You know what the top three things that get stolen in dollar stores are? Uh, Pop quiz. Um, Come on. Yeah. Um, in my experience, I'll um, preface it with that. I'm going to guess like electronics no that's a no strike one um i'm trying to think of the most expensive food product at a dollar general i can't i mean i've been to my share i can't think of anything expensive food wise so i'm not even making a guess um i don't know i can't really come up with anything baby clothes by a mile little socks and Oh, Underwear sad. and stuff and, 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 at, by a mile. That is, so you were you were arresting people who were shoplifting violently. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> throwing throwing pregnant moms uh, through uh, the ground to save the socks, the, the two dollar socks for wow. It's the principle of the matter. <laughs> no, but like Pat, you could not even keep packs. This is before all the 
stuff behind the counter stuff. Pregnancy test would be number two. But you just had to Oh, I never would have pulled that out of Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I used to actually, I'd get so aggravated. They steal and they leave the box, whatever. I'd pretend there'd no. be one in there and I'd tape it back up and, um, you know, I'd leave a, a dummy, put a little note in there, go, ha, you still don't know, you know. And <laughs> so, you know, I mean, just, you know, I'd get some, uh, you know, satisfaction. I'm, I, am, uh, I am working at a dollar store for $32,000. So, but yeah, pre- you had to obviously pull those back. But yeah, um, and in those big tubs, you know, those big tubs, like moving yeah, like, tubs yeah. and stuff like that. You know, you always got to be careful with them because if you see anybody checking out with those tubs, you got what's in it. What's in it? I mean, you know, you got to run up there. But and I mean, check that's so obvious. Oh, you would think, but yeah, it, it, it would be uh, all the time. But it, baby, you could not keep like the packs. Like the twelve packs of like children's socks and stuff like that, they wouldn't take the whole pack. I oh, mean, they, they rip, would rip it, it open. open and grab, and it just couldn't keep them intact. You just, it, I mean, just couldn't. Well, I never would have guessed when when uh, there was a time in my life when I was a misdemeanor prosecutor in Texas, and uh, yeah, every day they would bring you whatever the police reports were for the previous twelve hours. And your job was to read the reports, decide if a crime, I mean, people were arrested. I mean, every one of these reports ended with that the suspect was arrested. But you had to decide if uh, the state was going to actually charge the crime that they were arrested for or some of the crimes or maybe there was some other crime that the officer didn't think of or whatever. And easy easy the the one day of the week that you would get the most um police reports would be monday morning obviously yeah. you know not you know not just because it was the extra days but because hey that's when all the fun stuff happens that's when you get all the duis and it was super super entertaining like monday afternoons were like uh going to your weekly trip to the movie theater because we'd get the uh, the dash cams of all the all the DUI pullovers, and you want to talk about some funny, funny stuff. Not not so much for the suspect, but to watch people just you know knee knock and slobber and fall down drunk. You know, or people who are prof- propositioning the officer. And spoiler alert: it was not always you know the beautiful little twenty year old girl. You know, it'd just be some guy. He was trying to get out of a DUI. Take, you know, he's going to shoot a shot to see if, hey, maybe. Hey, you throw you it know, up against the yeah, wall. Yeah, you never I mean, know. Hey, <laughs> I mean, you know, DUI is a bad thing. Okay. Do whatever you have to do. I mean, so it that that was always fun. But, you know, I, I don't have the three things that people steal from the Dollar General. But I will say the one thing that I never would have guessed I would see so much of was shoplifting from the meat department at the local grocery stores. It, it was just staggering to me how many people were trying to walk out with steaks down their sweatpants. Oh, look, back at that Jitney 14. Yeah. Now, Jitney 14 is unusual. I always say that, you know, during the daylight hours, you got all the Jaguars and the Mercedes out there. Mm-hmm. Sun goes down. Different. The crackhead, I mean, it was bad 
I mean, it was shoplifting and it is really bad. And, you know, we're probably, that store, what is three blocks from JPD, maybe four. I mean, it is not far. No, I mean, it's not far. It's not far. I mean, it's we walk there. But, I mean, it's a long walk. But, um, and a guy literally, this was at night, filled up an entire boat. I mean, every piece of meat in the meat department. And that's where I, if you go in late at night, Meat departments look real slim. They only leave just enough out. Right. Well, this guy cleared. He just cleared, cleared it. Cleared it in like in a buggy. And just walk and just walked it right, like right out the door. I come running. Somebody tipped me off to it. Wrestle with I'm, again. I, I was younger, so right out front, there's this like big, like almost bike rack, but but much bigger. You know, yeah. big rail. And I start wrestling with him, holding him over the, the bike rack. The rail, yes, yeah. holding him there. And I mean, he's not wanting to be there. And I'm, you know, I'm a pretty big guy, but, and I was in my 20s then, yeah. so fine. But still, I'm, after a while, I mean, you know, it's, this is getting cumbersome. And, and again, somebody had run and brought me the, the phone, and I, I've, I've talked about last podcast my skill at doing all this and dialing a phone <laughs> at the same time. That's not that easy, and uh, but I'm really good at it. And call JPD, and 45 minutes later, I am still holding this guy. I am so wowed. Oh, out. my God. I mean – and I'm afraid the meat's going to ruin. I can't put it back, you know. It's still well, sitting over yeah, there, you know. Yeah. I mean, like, and finally, an, a JPD officer, might have been four foot eight, um, has no business be. I mean, I was so aggravated. But long story short, I, he gave me the cuffs. And I cuffed him. <laughs> <laughs> and, Leading to your next career is a... Uh, Law enforcement. Yeah, I mean, it was just crazy. Um, but uh, so, yeah, though, I mean, just blatantly um, walk out of, you know, uh, some folks are subtle and some are not. Yeah. That, that, that applies to the shoplifting world as well. So. No, but but on the stealing meat thing, I, the, the one thing that, that I have joked about on that is, you know how when you buy, you know, steak – and, you know, they have those little printed tags that tell you the exact weight of however, you know, whatever the stake is. You know, it's, you know, 1.37 pounds in that little shrink-wrapped uh, styrofoam package. And I remember one day I'm going through the police reports and I see that somebody has stolen a, stolen 1.37 pounds of you know, top sirloin or whatever it is. And they stu and they got uh, caught at arrested at three fifty four in the afternoon. And, you know, I'm going through the police reports and I see that at six fifteen PM the same day, somebody got arrested at the same store stealing one point three seven pounds <laughs> top <laughs> sirloin. <laughs> Meaning that the same package is taking rides, you know, down the front of people's sweatpants, and and the I've always thought it it was funny that eventually some person actually bought that thing, but had they known, um, 
you know, and I had been told that the rule was once something has has gone out of the department, they can't restock it because of sanitary, uh, you know, whatever. But um, uh, apparently, at the uh, I can neither confirm nor deny. Yeah, well, no, you've already said that you were trying to to get it so that you could reclaim it for the next people, against, the next shoplifter against policy. Well. <laughs> Well, I said that I'll change the subject. I'm taking a long time to do it. <laughs> Bonnie wanted me to tell this story. Bonnie, who I don't think has ever listened to this and probably <laughs> never will. Bonnie, Bonnie, who has never come in here and been a guest and probably never will, nevertheless has opinions. And she had, and last night I, I was, and I'll get to why I was telling her this, but last night I told her something. She said, oh, you got to tell that. And you're doing the podcast tomorrow? Yeah. Oh, you got to tell that story. It's a funny story. And I said, I really don't think it's that good. She said, well, you know, go ahead and tell it. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell this story. The point of the story is not to make you laugh. The point of the story is to see whether you think it's any good. Because you know how I am with a, with a good story. I'll dine out on it for a month. But, you know, this is I'm going to preview this story. And if it's no good, I'm just going to let it go. You I'm know? excited. Well, it's like a comedian with a joke. You know, they'll kind of shop the joke around all the different clubs. And, you know, if it bombs five times, you know, they just lose it. The setup of the story is that I've had this long-running um, difference of opinion as to when do you take your car in to get more gas. And she's one of these, you know, somewhere between half full and three-quarters full. You're, you you need to be getting because you never know what's going to happen. You could be caught in traffic, you know, whatever you, you can imagine. And I'm one of these people that, like, you know, if you're lucky enough to have the little gas gauge that tells you how many miles you have, until you're in the single digits, really you're wasting time because you're you're getting extra fill-ups that you could have avoided if you if you'd done it the way that Dave does. You know, you're you're. I mean, what are you you spending your whole life at the gas station? Time is money. Time is money. Um, so we've had this disagreement, which which has led to. As you can imagine, the ironclad rule, if you ever run out of gas, this is, this is from her, if you ever run out of gas and I'm in the car, there will be consequences, you know, as, as you can imagine. So, As if you were unclear on that. Yeah, yeah, as if I didn't know that already, you know. Um, so anyway, the story that's not great, uh, so here it goes. You know, if anybody's listening to this and they're, you know, and there are, and, and they need to go get a cup of coffee or something. Now's the time. Um, yeah, I, I mentioned last week that I was in Texas uh, for a week, and this meaningless story is me driving back from Dallas on Saturday evening. Turns out it takes forever to get out of Dallas, and you know, so by the time that um, I'm Going through Louisiana, it is it is show enough nighttime. And I think I also mentioned how it came to be that I was driving a minivan, which I'm not proud of this. So I, I'm not going to tell the minivan story again, uh, but I'm driving a minivan through Louisiana. Can you tell the hypocrisy dark. story then? What's the hypocrisy? I mean, I felt very judged about the minivan issue last time. Yeah, well, yeah. And it, you're, yeah. you're driving one, and well, it's no, just a no, part of your life. No, 
No, it's it's just part of the story. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm driving a minivan through Louisiana to get so that I can get back to Mississippi and turn it in and reclaim my man card. <laughs> you know, fair uh, you know, and, fair and enough. Fair probably enough. needed to go to a gun range or yeah. something. You know, and throw some hand grenades and, and get you know, a fight. To, yeah, like get that. get in a fist so. fight. Um, so anyway, the the Bonnie says she's not wrong. I'm telling her about the story you're telling she said she is not wrong well i mean the guys are going to decide because you know any story about cars and gasoline feels like it's on the male side of the of the story spectrum so anyway we're um i'm by myself um since i'm driving a rental car all the gauges are somewhere that I don't know. I can't, you know, you know how it is. You can't figure out how do I unlock this thing? How do I uh, put it into drive? How do I put it into park? How do I make the windshield wipers work? Are the lights on? I can't really tell. How, you know, just all this stuff. Which side is the gas tank on? I don't know. I'm used to kind of a pop-up display of you're about to run out of gas. And I don't really pay attention to the gas gauge. Certainly not like Bonnie pays attention to it. And so pitch black, middle of the night, Saturday night, and uh, you, know, you go through, gosh, I guess you go through Shreveport first and you go through Ruston. And I have just cleared all of Monroe and outer Monroe. And the, uh, you know, I have not looked at the gas gauge at all. Should have, didn't. And the little light pops on, and it says uh, you have 15 miles to go before you're going to run out of gas. Which means 32. Well, you know, that's, you know, well, or does it? Because I'm in a minivan, and, you know, everybody everybody like us, I can see that you're on my end of the, of the getting gas spectrum. It's not even close, not yes. Even, yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's the only place to be in this debate. Well, yeah. What if there's a blizzard, though? You know what I mean? Well, and that and that's precisely what she says. And I'll interrupt my boring story with the with the one that she always comes up with. Was we were in Houston, um, you know, to go watch the Astros, and I think we I think this is like a Sunday afternoon. We're driving back from Houston. And we get caught in the traffic jam to end all traffic jams. I mean, it went on for, I mean, just stuck in park for four hours. And then just crawling, crawling, crawling along. And as it happened, we had a full tank of gas because she was in the car. And she made sure that we had had a full tank of gas. And, oh, aren't you glad we have a full tank of gas? I mean, I must have heard every 15 minutes, aren't you glad we had a full tank of gas? Yeah, oh, that's great. That's, you know, you are so right, you know, because I'm trained to understand. So every time this topic comes up, well, you remember that time we were coming back from Houston? So, but she went in the car with me in, you know, when I clear Monroe, and, you know, you got 15 miles of gas, and that's it. And, you know, so I plug you know i've i've got my uh, my phone plugged in and there's that feature on your phone where you can um do whatever and it will tell you gas stations near me and exits near me so 15 miles to go the next exit is 7 miles so i'm thinking okay that's sweet um 
but it's but that exit it does not have a gas station and the next gas station past that uh, is 22 miles away which means i i now i have this dilemma this choice i can go 15 miles straight i can pass exit number one and just go on hope and faith and trust and pixie dust and hope that i'm going to cruise into gas station 20 you know 22 miles away or i can you know i'm already traveling without my man card in a minivan what i can do is go to the exit that's seven miles away and turn around and go all the way back to monroe and i'll make it right about the time that the 15 miles and of course there's gas stations everywhere but that would mean you know admitting failure defeat as a man retreat retreat that would mean retreat yes and yeah so i'm guessing you would have done the same thing that i did which is i'm going for it of course you are of course you're going for it so you know and and i have this just you know terrible fear grips me as i'm passing up the seven mile exit of that's being alive. I'm I'm committed. I'm that's, committed. That's lie. Yeah, because yeah. It, look, and it's only after I see it in the rearview mirror that I I remember in, in the, the the exit seven option is gone. It's only then that I remember. But wait a minute, it's like ten thirty at night, and I'm in the middle of Nowheresville, North Louisiana. What if the gas station's closed? That that would be suboptimal accurate yeah so you know now you know as now i've man i've slowed down from 75 miles an hour probably 85 miles an hour i've i've slowed it all the way down to like 50 and i've turned the air conditioner off i even turned the radio off you know the windows are up i'm old school on this thing yeah you know i'm I'm like apollo 13 or whatever it was i'm trying to re-enter atmosphere with you know and i'm thinking god you know how you know okay now i'm just six miles away if i run out of gas right now how long does it take to walk six miles and back and are they going to have a gas can and who can i call not bonnie because God forbid that I call her up. I at mean, there'd any be point, no end to it. At any point in this process, did it ever seep into your brain and you allowed it to that she could be right? I mean, no. That's good. That's no. all. That's all uh, I wanted yeah, to know. No, no. And not, that's the correct no, answer. Not, not that she was right, but that I had been negligent in not finding the gas gauge on the 747 display panel fair enough you know i should have known i didn't that was my mistake but you know the fundamental gas gas question yes i i still knew what the answer was so you know anyway i I won't prolong the drama it's just i made it um but man, I was I was take studying. that Bonnie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was studying real hard on who can I call, not Bonnie. Maybe I can call my eighty-five-year-old mom who can't see at the dark. Maybe she can come get me. I wonder if an Uber could come out, but I don't think they have Ubers out in the middle of Nowheresville, Louisiana. Don't, don't call any former Family Dollar manager. In yeah, the middle of the night well, like that. you know, know trust it. trust me. Your name yeah. came to mind. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, but then it was Saturday. Saturday night, and I thought, you know, yeah. that's that's going to be pulling him into a DUI type situation. Yes. I don't, I don't want to do that. 
So um, I, I I do pull into I have no idea what the name of this wide spot in the road is, but they are open. And I pull in there, and I just had this smile on on my face, like, "See, I knew all along this was going to work," you know. And I'm you know I'm getting the gas, and I go in, and you know, in Louisiana they have Louisiana Lottery, and I thought, you know, that's my that's, ce- right. that's my celebration confetti is getting my Louisiana lottery ticket. And you know that five minutes that you just described yeah. at the gas station, pumping the gas. Bonnie will never experience that yeah, that's kind right. of satisfaction. I, I thought about that. I thought about that. I thought about um, this is, you know, that that uh, putting the pump in, you know, there's that little gasoline smell. And I felt like that speech, that Robert Duvall speech in Apocalypse Now, I'm like, that's the smell of victory. <laughs> I love the smell of gasoline in Louisiana at 1030 at night. <laughs> that's the smell of victory. So I go in, I go to buy a lottery ticket. And, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm just in a mood. I'm in a great mood. And I said, yeah, I, I want to buy uh, the, the uh, lottery ticket where I win the $400 million. And she said, do you want the $1 or the $3? And I said, I, I, I just want the one that's going to win. I don't want to waste my money on the lose. You know, I'm, I'm being playful. Yeah. You know, and she gives me this dead-eye look, you know, like as if she worked at the Dollar General. She just gives me this dead eye look and said, do you think I would be here if I knew how to pick a lottery ticket, sir? <laughs> but I mean, it, it was, I mean, she was an actress, you know, just delivering the perfect line of, I don't need you and I don't need your cutie pie baloney. You want to buy a stupid ticket, buy a stupid ticket, do your thing and get out of my face. Face just your, took you down from your high. She took me down from my high, man. And uh, so, you know, I'll get a lottery ticket. Here's $3, you know, which came up nothing. Uh, but That was the main question. Did you win the lottery? Yeah, uh, apparently not since I'm here. But anyway, so the, the, the postscript to that story is, of course, I'm not going to tell Bonnie how dangerously close I, because in her view, because I violated the rule. I came dangerously close to, you know, without divine intervention, something terrible happening to me, which to her is proof that, you know, she's, she's operating under the right theory. And so, you know, I wait to tell her, wait to tell her. And last night I finally told her, did I tell you the story about me about to run out of gas, about me running out of gas? And I mean, it was like Christmas morning, me telling her, what, you ran out of gas? I mean, she was just so happy. Nothing was, gives a wife more pleasure than being right. Yeah, at uh, the expense well, of one's husband. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there's nothing that gives a wife gets no pleasure from being right because they're always right. A wife gets pleasure from you being wrong and not being able to say otherwise. Uh-huh. So, and I don't mind saying that because I know she's never going to listen to this podcast, <laughs> so I can get away with it. So yeah. So, you know. So anyway, I mean, yeah, I ran out of gas. What? You ran out of gas? You did? Well, no, almost ran out of gas. So I tell her this whole story, and obviously her response was, "Well, why didn't you go to? Uh, why didn't you just turn around and miles up? What you should have done?" I said, "Oh, whoa, 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 whoa! I'm not telling you the story of me running out of gas. I'm telling you, you know, you don't give to give me the speech 
unless I'm calling you on that Saturday night saying, come get me. Oh, and, and then there will be speeches. Yeah, and then there will be a lot of speeches. But if I don't do that, you know, and dang sure, if I have not, in fact, run out of gas, you don't get to tell me the, the you know, the whole speech thing. And, you know, it was just like I'd taken taking the baby socks away from the shoplifter at Dollar General. It was just, you know, uh, it was awful for her. But she said, you really have to tell this story, uh, you know, if you're doing the thing. And I said, what story is there? You know, I had a, I had a gaslight indicator go off, and I didn't run out of gas. The end. What, okay. So, anyway. Now, this is like the Seinfeld of podcasts. I mean, this, God, is, I mean, well, this is one of those things that, I mean, this is an, an internal debate amongst many a husband and a wife uh, or a man and a woman. And I think the line, the battle lines are somewhat drawn on that. I, I've, I've experienced the same dynamic. Um, I've never, you say part of your, you know, downfall was not keeping track, but you, I think if, if you're going to be in our camp, and yeah. it is, it is, it's a worthy endeavor. You have to be precise in your, in, in knowing how far you got. Are you giving you me the speech practice. now? Are you giving me yes. the speech? Oh my God. You have to measure. You might even have to just run out. Of, you might have to run out of gas in your car on purpose. It's kind of like when you start kayaking, you know, I, I, when I, was, I said, I wonder, you know, if I can get back on this kayak. If I fall over, like doing rolls, uh, no, I mean it's an on top kayak, you know, you know, just on top. I mean, I'm like, I wonder if I could get back on this sucker. Well, here we go. Just fall, turn it over on purpose, and see if you can. Short answer is not really. I can't get it back on there. And so it's it's hard, but you might just have to run out of gas and find out that you have thirty two point eight miles, and then uh, hey, well, yeah, but it's a rental. I yeah. mean, that's not that oh. information is never going to help me again because like. I take all I, I take pray all that, that I'm never driving a minivan again. Haven't we all been there? Yeah. <laughs> Haven't we all been there? But yeah, I'm and it's funny that she she recommended the, the retreat method. She she just a, she thought I sh I should uh, have taken the exit 7, gone back to Monroe, I would have had a minute or or a mile left and and what would that have cost me? Because I was going to do the Getting to exit seven, I was going to do that anyway. So now I've got to go back seven miles and then turn around and and redo the original. So, you know, it's basically a 15-minute. I think it's a great story. I think it's an instructive story. Is this story I got legs? It, it absolutely does. You think she's right about it, that? Yes. It, I, it, I think this, this strikes at the heart of um, the husband and wife, male-female dynamic, and just life lessons as far as retreating, manhood, et cetera. Well, I feel like I made a lot of good decisions uh, that night. <laughs> Men always do. Well, you know, I I did. You know, I I wish the story ended with me having some clever something to say to the lady at the counter. No, you'd have died that night if you had. I well, she'd have shot you dead. Yeah, she I had mean, the dead eyes day. Yeah, I've I've just never seen. You know, every now and then you'll run into somebody who is just over it you know they they kind of give you the the dead eye welcome to waffle house my name is janet can i how can i serve you and or you know what do you want to drink and they just look at you and you're like oh my god this is anything to not be you right now 
So, well, um, gosh, how long have we been doing this? It feels like about an hour, huh? 51. God. And that loops all the way back around to the importance of education. <laughs> literally. Wow. The I've got the it written down right here. That's what we're doing. The circle of life. <laughs> it literally is. I can hear the Lion King music in the background. That should be your new bumper music probably. Okay. But, well, uh, uh, you know, the homework is we've got to come up with a new opening um, and a new opening joke. I just don't see myself continuing to do, to do that. I can't listen to that same joke every time. Um, you say the words, we'll get in here again and record whatever you want. Okay. So maybe right. Kid Rock or something. Kid Rock, well, that's, that's, that's it, it's got it's to be like royalty-free. It's got to be royalty-free. <laughs> it's oh, got to be yeah, royalty-free. Or free. else we're going to get killed. <laughs> when, when, this, when, come this, on. when this blows up. Yeah, when this blows up, they're yeah. going to go back and look for you know, dollar bills. from. It's kind of like the Luke Combs uh, deal here with the coffee mugs. Oh, I don't know anything. What's that story? Uh, what have you not been watching the news? All the all you Luke, remember, Luke I don't Combs, watch the news. Luke Combs and coffee cups and Senate staffers and gay sex. That's the whole week. <laughs> you're not you're not caught any of this. I don't know. There's no that. connection to the, any of the one. I of those. have no idea. What no, I'm know. with you, David. I do not watch the news at I, all. I, I, I read know, it. I know who Luke Combs is. He's, Luke Combs. There was a lady that was uh, making some mugs with his likenesses and stuff like that. I don't okay. think she was making much of a dent in it. Whatever company he. You know, uh, farms that out too, as far as his merchandising suitor, and got a judgment for like two hundred fifty thousand dollars against Ooh. her. And he's like, he's heard about it. He didn't know about it. You know, I mean, it's kind of a big operation. He said, eh, "I'll pay the two fifty, and we'll just start selling your mugs on my site or whatever." So, so basically, you know, I mean, it's a heart, supposedly a heartwarming story, but you I, know, yes. I, I suppose so, but you, I, I can understand the company. So I mean, you know, you do have to protect your, your rights on that. I won't really get into large details about uh, the, the Senate sex uh, sex debate. <laughs> let's stuff. not. But apparently, let's let's save that for next week. Next week, yeah. Ooh, that, that, that'll what be, a hey, cliffhanger! That, that'll there. be that'll be our Christmas show. <laughs> Christmas show. Senate's gay sex, sex on the Senate floor. But, oh my God! Okay, but it's 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 all over. All right. Well, new, new jokes, <laughs> new openings. Um, we need to figure out uh, what our merch line is going to look like. Uh, apparently, and we will suit anybody who tries <laughs> to print yeah, it on us. We will. We will not anybody. pay it off. It's heads up. Yeah, yeah. We will. We will be forewarned. Be on your house. Yeah. There is no homestead. Yeah. All right. Well, um, that's the show. Um, it, it went in directions I never expected. I'm glad to hear. Uh, I'm glad to hear you did not get shot and you made it through. And uh, hey, thanks again for listening. And uh, boy, I really want you to look forward to our Christmas spectacular. Now that we know what it's going to be about. Thanks again, everybody. 